Hello, thank you for listening to Your Bravo Moments, the podcast. Your Bravo Moments is we are blessed, we're repositioning, we are anointed, we are victorious, and we are overcomers. And on this episode, I have a dear friend of mine, Sonia Holt. Sonia, are you there? I'm here, Gina. Hey. Hi. How are you? I am great. I am great. I am great. Being transparent, I really need to put together like some bloopers and everything. Mm-hmm. Hilarious, <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Y'all could have heard that first intro. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the Bravo podcast is like a platform, but it's just more so of me just kicking it, chit chatting with my friends and catching up. Um, you and I had a chance to catch up uh, a couple of weekends ago, and it's always fun and good times. Indeed. Yeah. So, the big question everyone has now for 2020 is, how are you doing during this pandemic? Mm. Mm, girl. <laughs> you got something to drink? That's water over there? I have my water right now. Okay. It's <laughs> right now, I'm drinking water. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm I'm doing better now. Okay. Um, I started off good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting stuff done, and it felt good. It felt actually, it felt good to be home, and yeah. I was I was good with that. And it still feels good to be home. Um, because I'm always on the go and I'm always doing stuff. So I never really get an opportunity to enjoy like where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, in January, I bought a house. And, and, yeah, so I moved in in the end of January. So, you know, in the beginning, it was great because I could get stuff done around the house, all this little projects I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. And then, and I was, I had a full-time job and I was working from home, so it was fine. Um, And then I got a phone call on June the 1st telling me that I was being laid off and my job was being eliminated. Mm. I go, okay. (laughs) Um, So didn't quite know what to do with that, Um, but I mean, it is what it is. And I took it as a blessing. Um, because you know, I, I also do other things on the side, and right. so I got thank you, blessing, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that same moment, like that same week, that's when everything hit the fan with George Floyd and right. all the racial tension, and it was it was a lot. Like that week was just a lot. Um, overwhelming. Yeah, it was super overwhelming and you know just emotional it was just right. an emotional week um and so as june went on and it was so many other things going on you know the um and it was a lot of things that were coming to light with black women right and the things that were happening with us um and there were two particular incidents that really I felt. Um, 
and one particular incident, it was actually a video that I was sent. Usually I don't look at too many of those different videos like on Instagram and stuff. A, a dear friend sent me this video and um, I usually don't look at stuff first thing in the morning. And this one I looked at first thing in the morning and it took me over the edge. Um, and it was of a of a young girl being um, abused and she was she was assaulted by a young guy with a mm-hmm. skateboard and it did something to me yeah and I I I couldn't deal and I broke down and I cried and for about two weeks I was just in this space and I, I just I was I was broken for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had figure out how to deal with that like you know with everything else that was going on like how do I now deal with my mental health um because up until that point I was like I'm good (laughs) you know I I wasn't bored at home I was good um but that did something to me and I had to then work on my own self-care right we have a um we have a chat group that we um that we share and I remember when you had um, mentioned to the group that you just kind of had to step back for a little bit and everything mm-hmm. on social media mm-hmm. and whatnot. And um, I hadn't seen the video. Like, I'm like you. I don't really try to watch stuff like that. And um, somehow it, it, you know, came across because everybody was sharing it. And it took my breath away. Mm-hmm. It took my breath away. And... Um, like you said, it was almost, it, it was crushing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with everything else going on in the world, you know, it, it was just, it just, it just takes, it took, took my breath away. It took my breath away. And um, let the listeners know um, one of the things, like I said, you're, you're a multifaceted, talented woman, <laughs> but let the listeners know um, one thing that I know that um, you're the founder of and that's an organization called SCARS. So can you give us some information on that since we were talking about the domestic violence? That's what um, would lead into that. So yeah, give us some information on SCARS and what exactly the SCARS stand for. So SCARS um, is uh, Second Chance Ever Newing Self. And we are a um, domestic violence awareness and basically empowerment organization. We provide aftercare services Mm -hmm. um, for survivors of domestic and intimate partner violence. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with that, um, we do community community education, um, support groups, um, and really just help survivors overcome the effects of domestic violence and intimate partner violence that they've experienced so that they are less likely to return to those relationships or situations. Right. So it's almost like too, also like trying to help change their mindset. Yes. It's a lot of mindset changing, um, a lot of encouraging and empowering, Mm -hmm. um, and you know really just um helping people to see themselves as more than of course not a victim any longer not just but helping them move past just surviving to now thriving and overcoming 
absolutely absolutely um and a lot of people don't realize is it was something in the news i think it was last week um there was a professional football player and he was a um like you said we're not going to use the word victim but we're going to say he's um an overcomer of domestic violence it showed a video of his um i think alleged girlfriend or child's mother um punching him in the nose and i know because of ego and machoism you know a lot of men won't admit that they are in those type of physically and verbally abusive um situations so within your organization um have you come across any men yeah um yeah they're few and far in between that are Mm -hmm. willing to speak out about it Mm -hmm. Um, but yes um we've had a a couple of them and particularly i think when we do like our workshops um because in the way that we do our workshops and you know the straightforwardness Mm -hmm. that we use in our workshops sometimes we we get men that will go oh and you can like literally almost see the light bulb like Mm -hmm. go off that wait a minute that's me that's what that was Mm -hmm. wait like i've been that person um but because and it might not have even been physical it might have been you know a a verbally or an emotionally abusive relationship and they're like yo i've been like there was this girl you know Mm -hmm. and so you know they get that that light bulb in that enlightening moment to realize that i've been there you know i didn't call it that thing but that's what that was um so it's 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 very interesting and it's even more interesting um when you get those men that are really willing to say yeah i've been there whether it was when growing up Mm -hmm. and being in a household um that you know one of the parents was abusive because children that grow up in it are still abused um Mm -hmm. but you know to become an adult and be in that situation um and to be bold enough to say yes i was with someone that did these things to me Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah i remember when um i think you were first starting scars and i think we were out somewhere and we had a conversation oh i might have been talking to a mutual friend of ours and i was like i wasn't ready i wasn't ready to be transparent mainly because of my children right because my children weren't aware of um different things so I take that back my, I didn't know until really a couple of years ago that my son was aware of certain things but um, I was looking out for them and I felt like I was looking out for them you know life is hard enough I didn't want them to have to deal with that and on top of that I think it was like in the process around the same time where their father was trying to make amends so I said I didn't want to damage that and um, after they ended up making amends I don't know how it came up but then I decided to 
you know, share with them. You know, people can change, you know. And um, and I just told them, you know, I said, when I left your dad, I had a sprained neck and three fractured ribs. Hmm. And that was like the second physical altercation. But before that, it was just years of mental and verbal abuse, you know, where I lost myself. I didn't know who I was. You know, um, I always talk about in um, with Bravo coaching, I talk about identity, you know, how we identify as daughters and uncles and sons and aunts and cousins, but exactly who are we? And if we don't know who we are, we just operate in the titles that we've been given. And that's how I was operating. I knew what my family expected of me. You know, I knew what he expected of me. I became a mother. I knew, you know, what a mother is supposed to do, but I really didn't know who I was, you know, as far as to, you know, to stand up for the abuse or to make a change. So when I did decide to make that change, like I said, that was like the last, you know, the episode mentally, I just was just drained and, um, you know, I just left and never looked back. And then, you know, years go by, you know, whatever whatever and he um you know wanted to make amends with his kids and I've never talked bad about him to the children but my son um told another family member an experience that he remembered when he was younger that um he asked a family member um why did I why did mom want to die and they asked him what did you mean and he's like, you know, I remember um, dad putting a gun to her head and she was just saying, you know, just kill me, just kill me because I was tired. And I didn't know he heard or remembered that. I was really unaware until he actually became like an adult. And that situation mm-hmm. happened when he was like four or five. You know, his dad would play this little Russian roulette thing and whatnot you know you just get tired like you know what dude just do it (laughs) you know because I ain't got time to do it and um but just the impact that it had on him you know and we don't realize that when we're in situations like that we feel like oh we're the only ones going through it but it actually affects people close to us and it affects those um around us yeah. around us and during this pandemic you know we got shut down people got laid off um, they encouraged people to stay indoors mm-hmm. but how do you stay indoors and endure this type of situation you know day in and day out um, what type of tips or encouragement would you have for one of the listeners that may be listening that they may be in this situation or perhaps someone they know or close to is in this situation what kind of tips do you um could you give to help someone cope or create a means of escape so you are exactly right in this time um, of shutdown um, quarantining that yes we forget a lot of times that there are people that are still 
suffering in silence mm -hmm. and even more now um, because they are at home with those people and quarantined with those people who are their perpetrators um, and so if there is someone that's out there maybe they're a friend um, and they know someone who and the friend of theirs or a family member of theirs they know is being victimized I would say continue to check on that person um, as much as you can and encourage them um, because it's you know it's one thing to uh, be quarantined it's another thing to continue to endure and not have mm -hmm. an outlet a lot of um, victims and, and individuals who are being victimized um, going to work or that victim or that abuser going to work that is that outlet victim time yeah, yeah to just kind of mm -hmm. be um and work might be a safe space but if they haven't been at work they don't have that safe space so i would say continue to check on that person call them you know facetime maybe if you're able to facetime um or use some sort of uh visual Mm -hmm. um, communication as much as you can um, and just check on that person um, hopefully not when that their their abuser their perpetrator is around but um, you know maybe ask them questions um, that they don't have to give long lengthy answers to it might be something mm -hmm. that they cannot do um, you know and just ask them you know are they okay um, you know, have they have they eaten? Have you know? Have are the kids okay? Right. Things that they can say yes or no to, mm -hmm. um, and just encourage them to keep their their spirits up um, and deposit positivity into them. Because mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that what they're feeling and what they're experiencing every day is negativity. Right. Um, for an individual who might be going through right now. Um, if you have a, a line of communication with a friend or a family member, reach out if you can. Mm -hmm. um, there is the um, National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, or if you're able to get online, you can um, log in online. Um, and there's always an escape button if you're online. If your perpetrator is around, you can click that escape button and it takes you out automatically and it pops mm -hmm. up, you know, a, a different page, like you're on Google or something. Um, and it is untraceable so that your perpetrator would not be able to trace back okay. what website you've been on. Um, so that's, a, you know, something a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. um, that when you're on there, you know, that's the reason why that's done so that perp uh, perpetrators are, cannot go back and see what that person has been on. Um, information. Yeah. Um, well, what and also, go ahead. Go ahead. Also, the last thing would be um, to start making a safety plan because this doesn't last forever. If you're unable to get out right now and you know that it's very hard for you to get out, um, start making a safety plan of what you can do, steps that you can start taking, the things that you need. If you have children, you know, what do you need to um, start getting you and the children out safely? So somewhere that you can go, you know, start putting clothes away into a bag. 
um, so that you can grab and go. If you need to go, um, you know, go. Please don't stay just for the sake of the children because the children are experiencing it as well. Right, Um, definitely. So, you know, a lot of times people stay for the kids. I would say leave for the kids because they are being, they're being affected. Um, And just as you said, there were things that your son, you didn't think that he heard or he saw and he absolutely, you know, heard. And even if they don't see it, they feel it. Oh yeah. Um, And and it gets into, you know, their spirits and you don't know that the type of trauma that children will um, experience and how that, that trauma will affect them throughout the rest of their lives. Right. So, um, you know, we know that, you know, childhood trauma is is real. And, um, you know, that adverse, you know, call them ACEs, that uh, adverse childhood experiences um, that kids do experience and how it it affects them later in life or even through, you know, in their childhood. So- Well, not um, only that, it becomes accepted uh, behavior. Yeah. It comes accepted yeah. behavior, you know, this is just what we do. Um, my parents had some episodes of um, physical violence. And I know myself growing up, I was like, you know, love my dad to life. Um, but, you know, this is, isn't going to happen. This is an acceptable behavior. Um, one of my things was also, I didn't want my children to think, I didn't want my son to feel it was acceptable to do that to a woman and I didn't want my daughter to feel well this is acceptable um when I was going through that chapter in my life um my mom felt like well it's a roof over your head he's not killing you Mm -hmm. so what what is your opinion on when your family knows what's going on and they don't help. For me, I had to deal with the crushing of going through the situation and also knowing that I didn't have any support. Which is unfortunate. And so I'll, I'll, I'll start off by saying this, the cycle of abuse. Mm -hmm. and you know many times people or our families don't help because like you said it becomes normal Mm -hmm. well this is just what's always been done um and so they a lot of people don't equate it to abuse Mm -hmm. and it's just oh well this is this is what uncle so-and-so does and this is oh aunt so-and-so and and uncle so-and-so that's just what they do right Mm -hmm. Or no. she would stop making him mad, or if, yes. if he would just do what he's supposed to do, she won't be knocking him upside his head or calling him yeah. out of his name. Exactly, and there is no excuse for it. So, if 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 the family is so used to it being done, and no one ever got help for it, right. and no one has ever faced it or called it what it was, then no, when you when you get into it, they're not gonna want to help you because that's just the way it is um and that's you know they they blow it um they they what is it they um sweep it under the rug yeah sweep it under the rug Mm -hmm. like that 
it's no big deal. Um, I lived. I'm okay. You'll be all right. Exactly. What makes you think you're better than me? Because I, you know, I right. was doing what I survived. Right. You and know, and that's, that's not it. Because too many people have died mm-hmm. at the hands of someone that quote unquote says that they love them. Right. And, you know, this thing that also, you know, so many families say, oh, well, you know, that's your business. And what goes on over there stays over there. Mm. And don't bring that stuff over here to our house. You know, all of those right. stupid things that families say. what goes on in our house stay in our house. It stays in our house. You know, let's, right? just, let's just pray about it. And, and, and Jesus yes. is going to change his heart. You know, yeah, no. that's what I got to. I got, mm-hmm. well, it was swept under the rug. And then it's like, well, you know, give it time. And, you know, God will change his heart. But in the meantime... You know, and I'm like, well, no, you you deal with it. I'm not going to deal with it. You know, God mm-hmm. can still change his heart. And I believe God has changed his heart. It does, didn't have to just be with me. That's all. I just right. didn't have to. That I wasn't part of that journey. That, that wasn't my assignment to be attached to that toxic situation. You know, while he, you know, made his change and everything. I mean, made his change to the point that we actually vacationed our family's vacation together last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Girl, that's the girl. I mean, honey, let me tell you something. <laughs> that's that was a couple of shots and some growth. <laughs> right. That was a couple yeah. of shots and, 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 and some growth. But it was also um it was growth to the point that it showed forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it showed that um, it, it it just really showed it really showed forgiveness. It showed deliverance, um, you know, on, on my behalf. And because um, I really didn't think I could do it, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, y'all go ahead and do it, have fun. But it meant mm-hmm. a lot to my children mm-hmm. for them to know. Once I did share with them, you know, different things came up or questions they asked me, and I was transparent and told them to see that, you know how bitterness can hold you back mm-hmm. you know because I felt that it kind of held me back and held me back you know in dating and everything else but just held me back personally with my personal growth mm-hmm. because that was something that I had to deal with I had to forgive forgiveness mm-hmm. doesn't mean fellowship right however I, I, I took that leap of faith and everything and um but I didn't realize how much that helped me to be able to be back in his presence you know see some similarities still from the past but also for me it was empowerment right knowing that at that particular time your his I felt his assignment was to destroy me and destroy my spirit mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fact that your assignment failed I overcame you know and I'm victorious in it and I'm able to talk about it now because for years I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about it you know so whether shame probably you know but I didn't um talk about it so um yeah forgiveness doesn't mean you know fellowship the forgiveness is for that person because if not 
the person that was victimized you just walk around with so much bitterness which spills over into other areas of our lives and everything um but yeah just um empowering or what about the situation where um like you said we may facetime or facebook audio with somebody and we could tell something's going on and some people have that philosophy well shoot if they like it i love it right you know they like it i love it you know they go home to it every day i wouldn't do it you know um i personally feel that those types of comments are toxic one thing about this pandemic quarantining i think it's exposed so much yeah is it for me it just exposed I, I was seeing different things unfold but it just really exposed people's mindset how they really think you know mm-hmm. how they really feel um turning a blind eye to things like you said well it don't affect me so well she she like it you know she know how it is mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts on quote unquote I don't even want to call them friends but just associates because sometimes we don't know when we're going through it we don't know how to communicate it you know what I'm saying but I think I know you well enough where I could tell "Mm, something ain't right Right. do you want to talk about it do you not want to talk about it you know I'm, I'm, I'm praying whatever it is but what about the the people that we think have our back and in our corner but well child I ain't getting involved or mm-hmm. she, she knows she getting you know this that and the third or he you know he let her do it so how do you know how do we I know how I would handle it but how would you handle you know you got that look in your eye that you're calling out for help but the person just decides to I'm not going to get involved so I guess everyone's reason is different mm-hmm. for not getting involved and I, I, I know maybe about a year ago I had this conversation with someone actually on Facebook mm-hmm. and it was about this very same topic okay. um, and she made this post about a friend of hers that was being abused and she once or twice had, you know, tried to talk to her or whatever. And now she was like, well, she's just out there. So whatever he does to her is whatever he does to her kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I my jaw dropped. And I I had to comment on it because <laughs> you right. you know sometimes we we'll comment on things and sometimes I don't but this one it was just burning me up inside mm-hmm. and I had to say something and so she and I went back and forth for a little while because I'm really trying to wrap my mind around if you know that your sister this is the person that you call your friend mm-hmm. and you know that she is being victimized she's being hurt and even mm-hmm. if she continues to go back and statistically 
um, someone that is being victimized will leave seven to 10 times before they finally make that decision to leave. But, you know, and I had to state those type of things to her, but in the end, she was still like, well, it's not my problem kind of a thing. Mm. And a lot of times it's not, you know, it's not someone's problem until it hits them on their doorstep. Absolutely. And strangely enough, now that I bring that person up, and I'm not saying that this is karma. (laughs) I'm not going to say that. Mm -hmm. But this very same person last year, this person's daughter got killed. Jesus. Um, Not domestic violence. It was, Mm -hmm. it was a situation at at a club and she got, she got killed. And I just remember, and I reached out to her, and I, you know, expressed my condolences. But I just re- remember thinking back to that conversation about how she wouldn't help, you know, her friend, and now she's, you know, she's going through it. But, um, but in that conversation she and I were having, she had also been a victim of domestic violence, mm. and so in that, like when people are are victimized themselves and they get out and if once again if they don't get the help that they need and understand what abuse really is and what that cycle looks like and why people stay in the if they don't get counseling and help then yeah they're going to still carry that and that baggage is just impacted on and the trauma is just impacted on. So no, it's hard for them to help someone because they haven't gotten the help that they needed themselves. All they did was just got out. Right. right. So they don't recognize what that looks like. And maybe they didn't have help. <laughs> you know, maybe they didn't have anyone that helped them. Um, right, but what they don't realize is that because it took me, um, I, I did seek help. I did get a, um, I did uh, get to see a therapist um, years later after I seen myself not back in abusive situations, but more um, just not making good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just knew, I just... I didn't get back into another physical situation, but what I didn't, re- what it was hard for me to understand was that I got back involved in another mental situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and mentally, you know, those words just replay over and over and over again in your mind, and you start believing those things, you know, that are said of you, and then when you share with someone um, that you're in an intimate relationship with you share you know some of your past with them depending on the sincerity of that person they can take those situations and continue to manipulate you with them mm-hmm. you know that type of thing but yeah when a person hasn't you know sought any type of help from it they don't realize that 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 baggage is still spilling it's still a trail absolutely and the trail Absolutely. comes out in, like you said, their mindset, how they handle certain situations, you know, how they um, respond to um, certain situations. And usually if you've been through that type of situation, it does something to you when you read about it and you hear about it. 
and everything and how um like i said during the pandemic i thought about actually how um before the pandemic and the quarantining we heard a lot about sex trafficking yeah and then all of a sudden we didn't hear anything And, but it's still happening. Absolutely. You know, it's still happening. And, um, but just how, you know, the news plays down, you know, different situations that are still very pertinent, you know, in the community. And I know, especially like in our community, because we're saying that um, because of where we're located, right by the interstates and these major highways that this makes um, the area that we're in like a prime area and everything but um whoo this was good yeah this 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 was good (laughs) um definitely um informative i got to share yes this was the first time i you know i discussed it with my girls but this was my first time like discussing it you know for the world to hear um, is a process. Um, it's a healing process. Um, I know you've had um, experience um, of being in a domestic um, violence situation. Um, again, what was meant to destroy you birthed a dynamic organization. They birthed a dynamic organization, and I've been able to um, witness um, witness you being a witness to others and sharing your testimony and the the workshops and the great things that you're um, doing in the community and um, seeing you on television um, discussing scars and everything. And I am like so 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 super proud of you. Thank you. I'm super proud of you for just being you and for being transparent mm-hmm. and taking um, a stand for allowing me to be in your life and for us to be able to encourage each other, mm-hmm. you know, through different situations and everything. And um, just bless you. Thank just you. bless you. Um, Sonia mentioned the National Domestic Violence Hotline and for those that would like the number it's 1-800-799-7233 that's 1-800-799-7233 and Sonia would you mind sharing your email and your contact information so that you can be a source of resource to someone, um, connect them with an organization near them, or just be that listening ear. Do you mind sharing your information? I do not. So I'll share um, SCARS information first. And our website is www.scarsorg.com. Um, and there's some information on there. Our email um is info at scarsorg.com uh phone number is 804-223-0278 
Um, so that's how we can be reached. We're also on Facebook, which is um, at Renewing Self. Or if you just put in Second Chance at Renewing Self, we'll pull up. Um, and we're also on Instagram as well at scars.org. Um, so we're definitely out there. Um, any questions, if anyone, like Gina said, needs resources. Um, if you um, are in a situation, SCARS itself, we don't do intervention work, but I personally still do because I get phone calls from friends and family that know someone. So I personally do intervention work. Um, um, so please feel free to reach out. I am on Facebook at Sonia J. Holt. Um, you can message me um, and I can definitely help you get the resources um, that you need. Or if you have a friend or a family member who um, you're not exactly sure how to help them, um, please feel free to reach out because, you know, people are suffering in silence. And, um, you know, the only way that people will get out is if they have the support that they need. And a lot of people don't have the support or friends and family members just don't know how to support them in this time. Um, so, you know, just continue to encourage, to support, to um, just be a positive person in that individual's life um, and just encourage them that, you know, they are worthy, that they don't deserve and that it's not their fault. So that's the biggest thing I want to say right now is abuse is not the person that's being victimized fault. I don't care what that abuser says, it is not their fault. A person that is being um, a perpetrator perpetrates and abuses because they make the decision to do so. Okay. Abuse is not just a, it doesn't just happen. It wasn't just a, oops, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. They make a conscious decision to do whatever it is that they do. So if you're listening out there and you're being abused, please know that it's not your fault. Okay. And a person does not change overnight and you can't make them change and you can't wish for them to change. Mm -hmm. They have to do it if and when they're ready to do it. Okay. Right. It doesn't get better. It only gets worse. So right. please save yourself because there's only two ways out. One is if you walk out, the other one is if you can't carry it out. So mm -hmm. I will just say that the life that you save just might be your own. So yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sonia. And again, her can you repeat your email um address again? Yes. Uh info at scarsorg.com. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for devoting this time on this very 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 um timely topic um i look forward to chatting with you again on bravo moments the podcast um again reach out to scars second chance at renewing self i just i just love that in general <laughs> I, I, I just, that was all of god and none of me yes. thank you <laughs> I, I, just, I just i was like wow but yeah, second chance at renewing self. And like Sonia said, it is not your fault. If you don't know how to help someone, you know, get in contact with her and y'all could come up with some methods and some ways to help save a life. 
to break the cycle, to break the pattern, um, break the generational curses, that this is acceptable behavior because it's unacceptable. It's, it's, it's not of God. Um, it's, it's inhuman. Yeah. It's inhuman yeah. behavior. So, Sonia, again, thank you so much for sharing a Bravo moment with me, with the listeners. And this is Gina B. Bravo with our guest, Sonia Holt of Scars Second Chance at Renewing Self. And we're going to end this particular episode. And thank you all again for listening.